Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. California and the Netherlands continue their long-standing partnership on climate-smart agriculture, first established in 2015 with a visit by the California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross to the Netherlands. The two governments share opportunities for innovation within the food sector to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, enhance a circular agricultural economy, and further on-farm practices for sustainability. The Netherlands-California Sustainable Dairy Summit last week in Sacramento connected government, business, and academia around policy and research priorities related to dairy farming and a sustainable dairy sector. CDFA's Office of Environmental Farming and Innovation was one of the key presenters at the event, sharing information about manure management programs at the agency. The High Sierra Energy Foundation and Sierra Business Council are working together on the Sierra Healthy Refrigeration Program, which will provide access to free refrigeration and bring healthy food options to low-access areas. The organizations will conduct outreach and deliver technical expertise to small businesses, food donation centers, and tribal organizations in rural and hard-to-reach areas in the Sierra region. The grant program is funded by the California Department of Food and Agriculture Office of Farm to Fork and will be providing eight $18.6 million statewide for free energy-efficient refrigeration units in low-income or low-access areas throughout the state. Refrigeration units are to be stocked with California-grown fresh produce, nuts, dairy, meat, eggs, minimally processed, and culturally appropriate foods. Benefits will include increasing access to healthy fresh foods in low-income or low-access areas, accelerating adoption of energy-efficient refrigeration units by small businesses, and supporting California's climate and initiatives to reduce greenhouse gas emissions generated by older, less efficient refrigeration units. The successful implementation of this grant will include outreach, engagement, assistance with refrigeration grant application, and active participation in the equipment selection, funding, and deployment portions of the program. The HSEF and SBC have been allies for nearly a decade on the Rural Hard-to-Reach Working Group, sharing best practices and promoting needs of rural ratepayers to to the California Public Utilities Commission. They will coordinate efforts to implement this program in 16 counties. The U.S. Department of Agriculture mailed an invitation to all known agricultural producers across California and the nation to respond online to the 2022 Census of Agriculture at agcounts.usda.gov. The Ag Census is the nation's only comprehensive and impartial agriculture data for every state, county, and territory. By completing a survey, California producers can tell their story and help generate opportunities that better serve current and future generations of producers. The 2022 Census of Agriculture will be mailed in phases with paper questionnaires following in December. Producers need only to respond once, whether securely online or by mail. The online option offers time-saving features ideal for busy producers – 
All responses are due February 6th of 2023. Farm operations of all sizes, urban and rural, which produced and sold or normally would have sold $1,000 or more of agricultural products in 2022 are included in the Ag Census. The Ag Census is conducted every five years by USA's National Agricultural Statistics Service. Federal government has said it will spend $250 million over four years on environmental cleanup and restoration work around a drying Southern California lake that is fed by the depleted Colorado River. The future of the Salton Sea and who is financially responsible for it has been a key issue in discussions over how to prevent a crisis in the Colorado River. The lake was formed in 1905 when a river overflowed, creating a resort destination that slowly morphed into an environmental disaster as water levels receded, exposing residents to harmful dust and reducing wildlife habitat. The lake is largely fed by runoff from farms in California's Imperial Valley who use Colorado River water to grow many of the nation's winter vegetables as well as feed crops like alfalfa. As the farmers reduce their water use, less flows into the lake. California said it would only reduce its reliance on the overtapped river if the federal government put up the money to mitigate the effects of less water flowing into the sea. It's kind of a linchpin for the action that is needed on a Colorado River, according to Wade Crowfoot, California's Natural Resources Secretary. He said, finally, we are all in agreement that we can't leave the Salton Sea on the cutting room floor and we can't take these conservation actions, these extraordinary measures at the expense of these residents. The deal announced recently needs approval from the Imperial Irrigation District, the largest user of Colorado River water. The Water Entities Board will take it up tomorrow. Both the district's general manager and board member J.B. Hambly applauded the deal. The collaboration happening at the Salton Sea between water agencies and state, federal, and tribal governments is a blueprint for effective cooperation that the Colorado River Basin sorely needs. The $250 million will come out of the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act, which set aside $4 billion to stave off the worst drought effects across the U.S. West. Most of the money is contingent on the Imperial Irrigation District and Coachella Water Valley District making good on their commitments to reduce their own use of River Water both submitted proposals to cut back their usage for payment as part of a new federal program. Harbor Wholesale, the Northwest's top family-owned independent distributor, has acquired Modesto, California-based MTC Distributing Company. The combined 200 years of market leadership forms their premier customer-focused and family-owned distribution company on the West Coast. Justin Erickson, Harbor Foods' CEO and fourth-generation owner, states this was an incredible opportunity to bring family companies together into the fourth generation and beyond, maintaining and enhancing a culture that's made MTC and Harbor successful for a century. MTC celebrated 100 years in 2021, and Harbor will join them in 2023. They look forward to entering into their next 100 years with an incredible team of industry professionals who share common values and a similar obsession with customer success, according to the company. The combined companies operate four distribution centers on the West Coast, servicing customers from the Canadian border to just north of L.A. with more than $1 billion of collective purchasing power. Harbor and MTC are are well-equipped to offer competitive programs to customers while generating strong returns to reinvest in facilities, technology, and innovative solutions for their customers, according to the company. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Rhodesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. 
from micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. In discussions on the show this year, we've established how integral the soil microbiome is to soil health. One aspect of managing these microbes that we haven't discussed, however, is feeding them and what can happen if they don't get the proper nutrients. In short, soil tests might show good microbial numbers, but without a food source, those microbes will stay dormant and won't benefit soil health in any way. If we look at the microbiome in the soil, we need to understand really how much of the soil is made up from by these microbes. So if we look at fungi, fungi make up about 10 to 30% of the rhizosphere. So that area right around um, where the root zone is. And that total biomass of fungi is around 11,000 pounds of biomass. So we're talking about a lot of fungal biomass in the soil. When we look at bacteria, so bacteria is actually usually found at a higher level. So if we look at just one gram of soil, one gram of soil has the potential to hold up to 10 billion bacterial cells. So overall, if we look at um, agricultural soil, we could say at a teaspoon of soil, you can have potentially more than a billion bacteria and a million fungal cells. So it's a really big component of your soil profile. So what's really interesting, though, is we look at soils across the U.S., specifically agricultural soils. We find that 75% of those microbes found are dormant in the soil or what we call sleeping. And so this is a natural way for microbes not to actually die. So we know when they lose water or nutrients, they're not necessarily dying off, but they go into this dormant phase. And then what we say is they need to be awoken, you know, come back into functionality. So it's usually limiting um, the growth of these microbes or the, fun the function of these microbes is those nutrient sources or those water sources. And usually the growth of soil microbes is carbon limited. So foods that will help or products that will help bring these um, microbes out of their dormant state are these carbon-based products. So things such as um, sugars, amino acid, acids, organic acids, all of these are val valuable nutrient sources for microbes. So just like plants, microbes need nutrients, water, organic matter to survive. So in general terms, microbes will intake carbon, sulfur, phosphorus, nitrogen, um, and soil microbes such as fungi and bacteria feed off nutrient sources directly from plants and stable form of organic residues that are present in the soil. So microbes use that carbon that's secreted by the plants as a food source, but in turn, there's a symbiotic relationship where those microbes are then are supplying nutrients back to the plants. But they also use, microbes also use sugars produced from photosynthesis in the plants as well as an energy source. And then when that crop is harvested, they also feed off that um, post-harvest crop residue in the soil. So if we're looking at products that actually we can add in to help feed that soil microbiome and awaken those dormant microbes, we need to look at products that are, have carbon sources. So what I think is most familiar today is probably sugar sources, such as molasses. So there's lots of sugar products on the market today, molasses, high fructose corn syrup, um, you know, things such like that straight sucrose from table sugar. So those are options. However, we need to think about what those are, um, what's in those products. And it's mainly a carb source. So what we're going to see is a really high spike in those microbial foods and then a drop off. So we really need to look for something that has more balanced meal, carbs, proteins, and lipids to feed. So those are things such as microalgae type of products that actually have a longer source of energy for those microbes to feed off of 
So it's like choosing between a Snickers bar, a sugar source versus a whole turkey dinner. And which one were you going to choose to feed your children? More than likely that turkey dinner so your kids don't have that high spark of energy and then crash off. So <clears throat> in addition to those products, practices also help feed their microbes. So adding in manures and compost, those are, that's super important, as well as incorporating that plant debris um, from your post-crop residue will help add that food source back into your soil. That was Helier's Cassidy Million. Different soils are going to have different native microbial communities and thus will require different food sources. Even soil type will have an effect on this, and it's important not to feed microbes foods that will keep them dormant and unavailable to crops. We need to look at a meal that's going to feed a wide range of diversity of those microbes in the soil. So we don't want to just target, you know, one specific genus or species of microbes, but a food source that can feed a wide diversity because we know that diversity has a lot of different functions. So finding a food source that targets a large diversity is number one. And again, that goes back to having multiple sources within that product. So carbs, protein, and lipids that will feed multiple different varieties of microbes. But how do you know, you know, looking at your soil, do my microbes need to be fed? How do you answer that? You know, they're not able to tell you they're hungry. So really we need to look at um, things such as if we're not doing those biological soil tests, but more visual tests is how do your orchard or plants respond to plant stressors? Are they not able to get through heat stress or drought stress? That could be a sign that your microbes aren't functioning at the highest capacity they could. Also, are they with able to withstand that drought period of time? So we know microbes are that main component in helping get through drought. So one thing is if our plants are stressed during drought, but also how is the soil structure um, holding up? Is it holding water during that drought period of time, but also in those rain events? When we get a rain event, are we infiltrating water down? Or are we getting that runoff? So all of those signs, if we're not able to infiltrate water or, or hold water during drought could be a sign that your microbes are not working the best they could. And one option is to try to add in that microbial feed so food source to leverage those dormant microbes that are already present in your soil. Not all food sources for microbes are created equal, Million said, and there's even some that often get confused with benefiting microbes when in reality they have no effect on the microbial aspect of soil health. It's very similar when we're thinking about human nutrition, a well-balanced meal that has, you know, veggies, carbs, proteins is going to be a better nutrition source for you than let's say junk food or a candy bar. So it's the same thing where we're looking at these products to, for microbial foods. We need to understand really what is the makeup. So food sources that are majority carbs for microbes, again, causes that quick spike in activity and then a drop off. We also see that they usually target a really narrow range of microbes. So again, we wanna target as many microbes as possible to get that, those multiple functions. So going for food sources that contain lipids, proteins, and carbs, we know can activate a larger, um, broader diversity of microbes. And that's really important when we're thinking about functionality, because we know that all different genus species of microbes have different functions from nitrogen fixation or phosphorus solubilization. And the higher microbial diversity, the better chance we have of getting populations that can perform different functions. But when we're talking about avoiding certain products, I think really in this space today, there's a lot of confusion of what carbon products, biological products, biostimulants do. And a lot of the times um, microbial food or increasing microbial populations is kind of tacked on to the end of all of these these products. So understanding um, which product you're using and is it truly a microbial food um, is really, I think, the first thing to understand. So 
things such as humix folic seaweeds enzymes, those are not microbial food sources. They do great other things, motive actions. So they do great things for soil health, biostimulants, plant stress. But when it comes to actually feeding the microbial community, that's not their main mode of action. So I think that's the first thing is understanding mode of action of the, the product. And then once you understand the mode of action, looking deeper into what's this product consistent of, and is it really going to be the best for my soil microbes as a food source? In addition, another thing to look at is ash content. So ash content in the product, um, we can kind of term this as this inedible portion of the product. So if a product is a food source, has a super high ash content, you know that you're feeding less food to your microbes um, than you would with a product with lower ash content. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. Specialty crops, including fruits, vegetables, and nuts, make up almost one-third of total crop sales in the United States, but many specialty crop acres remain uninsured. American Farm Bureau Federation economists recently examined specialty crop coverage. The Market Intel report found more than 80% of the acreage of hazelnuts, kiwi fruit, strawberries, and lettuce remain uncovered through the Federal Crop Insurance Program or Non-Insured Crop Disaster Program. Meanwhile, more than 50% of walnut, pecan, peach, squash, sweet corn, watermelon, pumpkin, cucumber and pepper acreage lacks coverage. Since 2000, risk management participation has increased in most specialty crop categories. AFBF has made expanding insured commodities to include specialty crops one of its priorities for the 2023 Farm Bill. AFBF President Zippy Duvall says the 2023 Farm Bill should recognize those differences and offer programs that provide the same protections regardless of what a farmer chooses to grow. USA was among the federal agencies releasing announcements on co-stewardship efforts with tribal nations on federal lands during a recent White House Tribal Nations Summit. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story. Wednesday, President Joe Biden shared at the White House Tribal Nations Summit in Washington, D.C. Interior will continue to work with the Secretary of Agriculture to co-stewardship federal lands. New steps to build upon a 2021 agreement signed by Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and Interior Secretary Deb Holland include the joining of the Commerce Department in efforts to enhance tribal self-determination and decision-making regarding public lands. One example of this, 11 new co-stewardship agreements signed by tribal nations and the U.S. Forest Service. The president added, We have 60 additional co-stewardship agreements currently under review. USDA, meanwhile, has announced the formation of a permanent tribal advisory committee, which will advise the secretary on matters important to tribal producers. Also, USDA's Tribal Relations Office will now oversee 1994 land-grant tribal colleges and universities. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission's Agricultural Advisory Committee released the agenda for its public meeting. The meeting is scheduled for December 7th at the CFTC headquarters in Washington, D.C. At the meeting, the committee will focus on topics related to the agricultural economy, including geopolitical and sustainability issues and recent developments in the agricultural derivatives markets. University of Oregon researchers are studying community smoke management plans and how local governments can better prepare the public for fire season. Student researcher Stuart Warren says management plans can allow communities to get exemptions from current prescribed fire rules. 
hopefully allows prescribed fire burners to do more burning in an effort to undo some of our past histories in forest management, and particularly, you know, our years of preventing wildfire and stopping wildfire from doing what it's done for, you know, thousands of years, and also to help us reduce the amount of fuel loads that we've seen build up over time. The team's work is focused on Southern Oregon, but they also looked at plans already in place around the state. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with phycoterra. Sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.